Hello and welcome to this episode of You've Got Mail. I am your host, Bella, and that was a very formal introduction. Sometimes I think I'm too formal and then sometimes I think I'm not formal enough. I'm just like, hi guys, how are we all today? So let's do a mini life update. I like the little life updates at the beginning. I feel like I just debrief you all on everything that's going on. Work is fine. It's like, hmm... It's fine because today was payday, which is always exciting. And I bought some really expensive shampoo and conditioner. And I don't know why, because I'm trying to save money at the moment. But it's fine. We move. It's a dupe of the Olaplex stuff. And I'm going to tell you all how it is. If you don't know, Olaplex is like this. It's the shampoo that loads of celebrities and like Instagram influencers use and everything. But it's expensive. It's like 30, 40 quid a bottle. And I'm sorry, I can't afford that. But the Revolution one, just letting you all know, £10 a bottle. On offer at Sainsbury's, £6 a bottle. So I thought I'd give it a go. I will report back for duty tomorrow. I'm getting my hair cut tomorrow. So I'm hoping this is going to be the start of a whole new journey of life, to be honest. Other than that, work is fine. It's just relatively monotonous. But I feel like that's work at the moment. It's kind of like repeatedly, but you just got to think like each week is another paycheck closer to like the end. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm one step closer to actually finishing and being able to quit. And I always find it kind of like rewarding watching my savings increase, like working out how much how much longer I need to work I think that's the thing I actually need to sit down and work out when I can stop I think if I knew my end goal I'd feel maybe more motivated but other than that it's been a very nice week I've started making myself go on um a big walk on a Wednesday and the sunsets right now have been incredible I don't know why maybe it's because it's the winter skirt sun and like the sky's been more clear or I don't know what it's been but it's been incredible like all of the you know when it goes blue like blue into pink so it's like has all the purples and everything it looks really nice I'm not even gonna lie really really nice so I've enjoyed that this week I've also stopped working at the pub which is giving me a bit of a break that I needed I felt like it was making me feel really run down I was feeling so exhausted about it all so I'm happy about that I am it's just I guess I always find January a bit of a hard month it's hard to stay motivated isn't it it's like hard to be like Mm, I don't know, everything still feels so far away. But then the month is passing fast. We're already halfway through, which is scary, scary, scary. Reflecting on my resolution to have more unplanned time. I'm going to be honest, it's not quite going to plan at all. It's not going to plan at all in the slightest. I really, I'm trying, I'm trying so hard, but I'm just... I don't know. I think there's so many things that I want to fit in in the weekend that then I get sad if I don't fit it all in. But then that's totally screwing over my point. I'm going to try tomorrow. I am going to try tomorrow. I think I'm going to try this weekend to be more active about it. My issue, I think, is I struggle allowing myself do what I want to do. I'm such a people pleaser. Like, I feel really guilty if someone's negatively affected by my choices. Like, if I decide to do something... Does that mean that someone else has to be on their own? If I decide to do something, does that like negatively impact something else? And that means I end up cramming so much in because I'm just trying to fit everything in for everyone. But that means that like, then I don't have the time doing the things that I want to do. I don't know. It's weird. I'm not very good at saying no, I've realised. Like I'm pretty shocking at saying no. But we're trying. This week we're trying. I was meant to be going on a 5k park run tomorrow. Not happening absolutely not happening because hear me out this is good reasoning it was just so early and I wake up early every day for work and I'd have to wake up at like seven or eight tomorrow and I was like no chance no chance whatsoever and I didn't sleep well the past few nights because my sister convinced me there was a ghost in the house traumatic experience to be honest she said there was this picture and in the back of the picture you could see like 
at the back of someone, but there was no one else in the room and blah, 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 blah. Terrified me. Absolutely terrified me. I slept with all the lights on. I woke up three times in the night, convinced myself it was the end of the world. I was pretty traumatised, to be honest. And now looking at the picture myself three days later, I'm realising it was just Jemima's friend with the back turned. So that was really fun. So yeah, no run tomorrow, which I am very relieved about. But other than that, no plans. That's the thing. I've got to keep reminding myself this. I'm going to force myself to go on a run because I'm enjoying the gym at the moment. But I think because work's a bit monotonous... I'm getting quite bored quite easily. I feel like agitated. I don't know why. I just feel like itching to do something. So I'm kind of mixing up the gym workouts with other types of workouts like Pilates and yoga workouts or HIIT workouts and running out. Well, I say running outside. I'm yet to run outside, but tomorrow might be the day. You never know. Tomorrow could be the day. My traveling plans are starting to slowly come together as well, which is exciting. Me and Louis have been like, discussing and finalizing plans and I go skiing in a few weeks so that's really exciting but I just need to kind of find I, I like I said before I need to sit down and plan it all I feel like when you've got something big coming you just need to sit down and plan it it's all quite hypothetical at the moment but I would recommend if you're also trying to plan uh, trying to plan a trip I found work away to be brilliant like work away I'm going to do a podcast on like how to plan a trip away um, or like a gap year away or something like that but Workaway is a great website which um, people basically post ads for you to go live there and you might have to pay like either a really small fee or you get to live there for free and then you give them then you work for them so you might work as like a gardener you might be a surf coach you might be decorating you might be a receptionist like anything like that but you get to live there and fed for free so you get to experience the culture but like at such reduced price so that's been really good. Also, Jack's Flight Club. That's my other big key part of information. If you're looking, just sign up because they send you really, really cheap flights. Um, so other than that, I did say this week's Chelsea challenge was to be healthy eating. And to be honest, I do feel invested in it now, kind of, mediumly invested. I'm not doing it for like any weight gain or thing like that, personally, not to talk about it or dwell on it. But I find that a bit of a toxic way because I get a bit fixated on like the numbers of everything and like adding it up in my head so rather than like focusing on the actual nutrient levels specifically I've been more focusing on like trying to have variety do you know what I mean like trying not to have the same thing all the time trying to mix it up a little bit which I think is good I think that's a good positive change I've also this is so boring I've been drinking herbal teas And that is making me feel very organised and just on top of everything. I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but it just makes me feel like, look at me go. Look at me thriving. I think it's because I kind of semi have to force myself to drink them. But I had a nice lemon and ginger one today, so I would recommend that one. My coming, this next week's health challenge, I'm trying to do like a mini health challenge each week, is to have seven to eight hours of sleep of night. And you know what? I'm managing it. I'm trying really hard. I want to see if I feel like less anxious or happier or, you know, even just less tired with that amount of sleep. And I'm curious. So after the diet, I think my skin's gotten a lot better eating better foods. And I was able to really quickly fight off an illness, which I think is good. But I feel sluggish at the moment. I feel quite like, I don't know, like I'd love, I think I just need a holiday, but I'd love like to go in the sun and that type of thing so I'm trying to go to bed earlier 
which is really, really hard, really hard, because I love the night time, like, I love watching, I feel like the night time, I hate that, you know, the hour before you go to bed, the hour is like the final hour before you go to bed, you know, you have to wake up the next day and it all starts again, I'm really not a fan of that hour, so I just love, like, watching films and then I end up staying up really late and then I'm exhausted the next day, so this is what the plan is for next week, I'll let you all know how it's going I don't know how it's gonna go but we'll try so I should probably start on the topic of this episode so as you've probably seen from the title this week's this week I think I want to talk about what to do when you make a mistake or when you hurt someone now when I say make a mistake I don't mean a type of mistake that's doesn't affect anyone else I don't mean you put the wrong answer for a test I don't mean anything like that I mean like what to do when you've really hurt someone or when you're in an argument and stuff like that because recently it's been a thing that I'm having to work on because I don't think some of my instinct reactions in arguments or anything like that are good ones. I think some of my instinct reactions can be quite... don't I wouldn't say as strong as toxic, but can don't help the situation. So it's definitely something that I think I could benefit talking through because I feel like when I talk something through it goes in a little bit more and hopefully I'll be better at it but also something interesting just to think about so I think personally for me in arguments I am so bad at arguing I hate confrontation I hate it it makes me feel really anxious quite overwhelmed and I'm not very good at articulating how I feel when I feel that way because if something if a situation starts to arise I get a bit overwhelmed with it all and I start getting nervous and agitated and then I don't know why but as I've said before I just cry I either cry or this is these are my two instinct reactions which are really bad I cry which takes a situation from zero to a hundred and all of a sudden we've got a major issue on our hands so that's stressful and if I don't cry then I go silent and I'm not talking like a little silent treatment I am talking major silent treatment like I will just sit there and I would just not speak. And that's so unhelpful, so unhelpful. I feel like in my head, I think it's a good thing to do in the moment because I'm like, this is a protection mechanism so I don't say anything mean to anyone and blah, 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 blah. But in reality, the other person just ends up getting really cross because they're trying to like talk this through with you and you're just there like, I'm not saying anything until you say I'm right, blah, blah, which is bad, bad. So I think the first thing you need to do is take the situation back to ground zero. You need to kind of remove, if you're like me and you're kind of super annoyingly emotional. No, it's not annoying because it has its good parts, but you can find your own emotions a little bit overwhelming. I feel like the first thing that I have found to be the best in this situation is to take everything back to like ground zero. You need to remove all the emotions from the experience so that you can know how to react. Just like how I mentioned in the Chimp Paradox, you need to make sure that it's you reacting, not your feelings altering the situation at hand like it's not that your feelings are dominating so now you can't think clearly and then you say things that you don't mean and you react in a way that isn't positive and doesn't help the situation you kind of make it a bit more dramatic than it needs to be I find the best way is tricky because when there's a situation often it's hard to then take yourself away straight away from it and go be like oh I'm just gonna go journal but I find journaling to be a really helpful way of kind of working out why I feel a certain way and Often now on my walk, I found another good way to like think things over and work out why I feel a certain way and like that is to go on a walk without listening to any music or a podcast or anything, just go on a walk and just walk. And it forces you to think and 
I found this to be really, really positive. I know it sounds so obvious, but I think quite often we fill ourselves with obviously music and things like that, which is brilliant, but it means that you're never just quiet on your own, which means that the only time you get the chance to think these things through, I think, is often before bed. I think that's why so many of us overthink before bed and struggle to get to sleep is because it's the only times that our minds are really still. It's the only times when you can actually allow your mind to wander. And I found by having this each day, this kind of moment where my mind does just wander, I just think about different things each day and like imagine different situations and things like that. You start working out kind of realizing why you might feel a certain way. I think the big thing I'm trying to get across is when you're in an argument, you need to make sure that you're in the right headspace for it. Because quite often when we're arguing, we're not in the right headspace and that can make things really tricky. So hopefully whoever you're arguing with, you're close enough to say, look, I'm feeling really emotional right now and I'm not going to say things that I mean or that I want to say. So can we come back in five minutes? I just want to have a moment and work out, have a little walk, have a walk around the shop or something like that and work out where you want to go from this. And hopefully this means you can go into it in a better kind of less intense way. Once you've been in the right headspace, the key thing is not to take too long. I think if you're like, oh, I just I just need to go take a moment, take that moment. And it's fine, I think, to take that moment. But you don't want to give the impression that you don't care. I think sometimes I've said I'm in the right, wrong headspace and taken hours to reply. And I think that's quite a toxic way of doing it because the other person's left waiting and it's not the kindest way to do things. I think it's much kinder to, you're allowed to take, I don't know, however long you think is reasonable, like an hour, I don't know what the situation is. And obviously this depends on the situation, but don't just ignore the situation. You can't just ask for space and ignore it. That's not why you're asking for space. You're asking for space so you can clear your headspace and discuss it in a way that's properly working, that communicates it best. I think once you're in the right headspace for it and you haven't taken it on, and you guys have discussed why you feel a certain way and you've communicated why and make sure, I think the key part and the next part is listen. Don't just talk. Quite often in an argument, you're so intense on your own version of something that you want to get it across and you want to be right. Everyone wants to be right as much as they don't admit it, they do. But if you don't listen, which is the keyest part, I think it shows a lack of respect for the other person and that can just inflame the situation even more. So I'd really recommend making sure that after someone says something you think it over in your head and you reply in a way that's not dismissive or a I'm sorry you feel like that because by saying I'm sorry you feel like that that sentence in itself is kind of saying I'm sorry you feel like that but I have no responsibility for it and I think that comes nicely to the next point of when you're needing to apologise for the situation, because you're going to need to apologise. It's going to have to happen at some point in the argument. You guys have discussed it, you've communicated it well, then you kind of understand why they're cross, you and they understand why you're cross. It's always good to apologise because it kind of, it clears the air and it shows that you're taking responsibility for what's happened. And quite often that's one of the big causes of the arguments is not taking responsibility for what happens. But I have this issue with apologising because apologising is not just as easy as saying sorry. You cannot just say sorry and expect things to be okay. And I think my issue with apologising is that I say sorry far too many times, which means I kind of, I can find saying sorry quite easy. I know some people struggle with it, but I can find it very easy. 
But this, I think this ease to apologise has impacted the sincerity that sometimes the apology comes with, if that makes sense. I think sometimes I have the tendency to use sorry as more of a blanket statement, which removes the sincerity that the word is said with. It removes that kind of the meaning behind it. To counteract this, because I've noticed it myself, I just say it so fast and it doesn't give the world time to, like, if I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry, they're like, oh, no, what, why, what is it? You need to, like, it needs more heartfelt, it needs more kind of understanding of the situation at hand. And so saying sorry and then what you're sorry for, although it's only a small change, it's probably really obvious to everyone else, but it's a small change that I've really been more proactive on doing because it shows that you understand what's gone wrong. And also by speaking it out loud, it means there can be no miscommunication because you might just say, oh, I'm really sorry about that and move on. And then it happens again and they get really cross at you because I don't know, you did it again. They're like, how we've just apologised this, how could you do it? But the reality is you didn't actually understand the situation at hand. You didn't understand what was going on. And that's why you did it again, because even though you apologised, you didn't really understand what you were ap- what you were apologising for and that affected things. So saying sorry and saying what you're sorry for and understanding and comprehending what's going on, I think is a really good and nice way to acknowledge what's happened and how they are, how they're feeling and expanding on that situation shows that you understand why and how you've hurt them. I think that's the big thing. Then you're much less likely to do it again. And if you need to explain, quite often when you say, I'm really sorry for doing this, blah, 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 but I did it because of this. Sometimes you do need to explain yourself because sometimes it's not as simple as you were just in the wrong. There might have been some, I don't know, the backstory to what's going on. I think it's sometimes good to admit your own flaws in it, if that makes sense. So saying, I'm really sorry I did that to you. I was in a really bad mood that day and I was really tired, but that wasn't right for me to take it out on you or I acted badly and that's okay. I think by doing it, like what happened, I like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the, exactly why they're upset and that type of thing. I think I reacted like that because of this. Shows that you fully understand the situation and it shows that you're taking full responsibility for it. And it also prevents the situation from happening again, which is so, so important. I think one of the biggest issues I have, though, with apologising is the kind of the fact that after you've said sorry, things don't reset. Does that make sense? Quite often after an argument, I can bounce back quite quickly. I don't know what it is, but I just can bounce back very quickly. I don't really like stay in the mood that long. I just can really easily like just move on from the situation unless I'm being stroppy. I mean, everyone's stroppy now again, but unless I am, then I can kind of bounce back really fast, but obviously not everyone is like that. Everyone has their own timer of how long it takes them to get over something. Everyone's an individual being in their own right. You cannot expect to be able to control them. And so you need, after you've said sorry, I think the biggest thing is to lower your expectations to make sure that you don't think it's going to bounce back straight away. Accept that the unknown is the unknown and you don't know when it's going to be better because by expecting it, you're ultimately going to get disappointed because they're not happy straight away. They're not understanding what's going on. They're kind of, you feel like everything should be back to normal. It's not and it kind of makes a worse situation. But the reality is that you're in the wrong and the moments between saying sorry and it getting back to normal is 
the outcome of your actions. That's that's what happens. It's not just going to bounce back and everything go back to normal. It's not going to work like that. So don't expect a certain type of response. Make sure you're listening earnestly to what they reply afterwards because they're going to speak to you. They're going to say, oh, that really annoyed me that you did that. Thank you for apologising. I feel like you understand it more now. Make sure you make that eye contact, make that connection with them so that they don't feel like you've just left it, that it, you weren't sincere about it. I think that's the worst thing. By not being sincere about something, it again reiterates that lack of respect you have for them, which I think is really, really that can really damage a relationship with someone. And I think the other thing is don't be afraid to ask questions, not stupid questions, but if you genuinely don't understand why they were hurt by something or why your action impacted them in that way, ask them. Ask them in a way that's not insulting. Just be like, please, could you tell me why me saying that upset you? It's not that I don't think it was upsetting. I just want to better understand why it happened. And I want to understand your reasoning behind it so that I can better avoid it in the future. Ask questions. I think the best way an apology can work is if you leave the situation understanding what you did wrong so that you can avoid the situation in the future. And then hopefully at this point, you guys are on pretty good speaking terms. It should be getting a bit better. And when the conversation is finished, don't be afraid to ask them, is there anything else they'd like to say? I've started doing this at the end of an argument, like just asking, is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything at all. And by giving an open-ended question, I think it allows the person that you're discussing with to have a moment to think about what's happened and giving them that opportunity to revisit a topic they might not feel that they've talked through. And I think that's really important. I think it's also really important to let people know that you're open to revisiting a conversation. You're open to revisiting the conversation once the conversation is over, that you're allowed to revisit this topic. It's something that you're not afraid to do, that the conversation's there with ever. And letting them know that, and they, it, it means that they know it's kind of more of an open door. Do you know what I mean? It's less of a... Less of a, this is what's happening and that's it, done and dusted. We can never speak of it again. It's much more open in the way that you're discussing. And then, hopefully, you've managed to kind of diffuse the situation. And once the situation has gone, I think the biggest situation on your behalf is kind of going home and reflecting in your own time. Even though you've said sorry and you've understood it then, that's not the end of the race for you like the end of the race that's not the end for you that's not the end of the journey you need to go and reflect in your own time so that you because in that moment they were your main priority and that's how it should be because you were in the wrong but you might want to go and revisit what actually went on so then you can understand how better to avoid it in the future all these things that I'm telling you are so that you avoid it in the future so that you don't have to revisit it because if you keep having to revisit an argument over and over and over and over again ultimately you will keep it's like hitting it with a hammer over and over you're chipping away at the relationship and you're chipping it away and even though you're rebuilding it it's not quite as strong as it was before and it takes a bit of time for like the plaster to set and you keep chipping at it whilst the plaster is still wet which means that it's going lower and lower and lower and ultimately you're going to end up with a relationship that's kind of held on by a thread and that's not what anyone wants I think by doing that you're far less likely to repeat the situation and if the situation does become repeated you know what's happened and you could probably stop it early on I also think it's good because if you're ever in the victim of this situation you're much if you're ever 
the victim or the attacker in this situation, do you know what I mean? The one in the wrong or the one who's been wronged. You're much more able to understand what's happened, why what's happened, that type of thing. You're much better, you're much more open to that situation. And sadly, if not all of this works, because sometimes it doesn't, sometimes people don't want an apology and they just are not ready to talk yet. I think you have to accept that as well. Sometimes people aren't ready to talk when you're ready to talk. But just wait for them to be ready and let them know that you're ready to talk whenever they are. And then hopefully you can go through this process. And if after this process, they're still really, really cross at you. I think I listened to um, that podcast by Jordan Peterson. And one of the things that he said about it was the asking of what could I do right now to make you feel better? What could I say? What could I do? Like, what do you want in the outcome of the situation? Because you have tried, you've ultimately tried, but you're getting it wrong. And your idea of the best way to make it happen hasn't worked. And so by asking and creating it more an open-ended question, like what's the situation, what's going on? How can I make this better? You're much more likely to make a resolution that fits them. And they might be like, oh, you're meant to know, you're meant to do this. But how are you meant to know you're not a mind reader? I think this has been one of my biggest things is acknowledging that everyone around you is not a mind reader. Because sometimes when you're in your own head and you're feeling grumpy and everyone's doing stuff wrong to you, you're so cross and angry and you're displaying it so obviously of a face like thunder. But you're not obviously telling anyone you're not communicating you think you're communicating in your body language and the way you're speaking to people or not speaking to people in my case and the way you're hiding and the way you're spending your time but these are all signs that indicate something's wrong but they don't actually tell you what's wrong you're wanting someone to ask you what's going on tell me what have I done wrong you're putting people in the doghouse and that's not fair either people don't deserve that treatment when they don't know what they've done wrong So I think that's the other element of it. But apologising and making amends is something that I think you get much better with over time. I think my biggest thing right now is trying to make my apologies as sincere as possible and trying to make sure that when I've done something wrong that I acknowledge it's wrong and that I'm able to kind of rehabilitate the friendship and the issue in a really good communicative way and that they know that they can revisit it at any time. I think that's my biggest thing right now. I'm trying to practice it each day. Like I'm trying to practice kind of being able to communicate my feelings a bit more and being able to communicate in arguments, which is a key situation for me. It's not going very well, but I am trying. I think that's the only thing you can do, just consciously make an effort. I'm going to leave this podcast here and kind of leave you with some food for thought about the entire situation. Oh, one final thing is, I think the final thing I want you to think about is that it's never too late to say sorry. I think if you've wronged someone in the past and it plays on your mind and you think you've left it too long, it's never too long. Even if you just send them a text saying, I'm sorry this happened and explaining it, by lifting that weight off your shoulder, I don't think it's ever too late. You will feel relieved from it regardless of how the situation ended, regardless of how many years it's been. It does help. I think I'm going to end it there now, guys, because I am so tired. I'm so tired at the moment, and I don't know why. This eight-hour sleeping thing is not going great. I'm so glad I'm not going on the park run. I'm so glad. Oh, I just moved, which means you're all going to hear that. I started to get cramp in my leg, and it was going a little bit numb. I've tried to pick up new hobbies this week. I'm trying really hard. It's not gone very successfully. I tried to start knitting, 
it's not going very well it's really hard I don't know how to do it I've watched so many videos and I've really tried but we're gonna try again I try I also tried to watch an intermediate piano video I thought it was like I was like okay when's he going to start teaching it turns out that was the teaching video so I have majorly overestimated my piano skills like a ridiculously majorly overestimated over overly estimated how great I am um, but I am going to leave it there because again, I'm leaving you on a bit of a, a bit of a ramble, but I will update you on the shampoo and conditioner because I know you're holding on in there wanting to know. I hope you all have a lovely weekend and make sure you plan some unplanned times so that you get to spend some time relaxing and actually properly relaxing. I hope you found this episode helpful and useful and that you managed to use it in a way to, even if you don't have to say sorry to someone, use it in a way that you can reflect using the situation, using that pathway. I think quite often we forget that sometimes the things you say sorry to, sometimes you can't say sorry to that person, but by using this reflective process, you can kind of understand where your errors were. And equally, if you're the victim of something, you can kind of role play it and think about what you really want to happen. I think actually, final note that I forgot to mention is, I think these I'm sorry things... If you can, I find it so good to kind of just think about it before it's going to happen, get my thoughts aligned so that I know where I'm going, where I'm going with my argument, what my points are, how it could react. And then I've practiced what I'm going to say. I found that to be really, really helpful. But I will leave you on that. Have a lovely weekend and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening and make sure you're following me on my Instagram channel. You've got mail underscore pod. I talk on there, post on there, everything, all day, every day. You'll probably get sick of me. (laughs) Have a lovely day and I'll see you next week. Bye.